Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today we're gonna be discussing Bullet Train, which we are fresh out of the theater. I mean, we saw this movie an hour ago and we really, really liked it. And we really recommend you see it in theaters because I think that really improved the experience. Bullet Train stars a lesser known actor named, what was it again? Is it br- Brad, Brad Pitt. Oh yes, 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 Bra- of course, <laughs> Brad Pitt. And it's really exciting to have him starring in another movie because it hasn't been since, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was 2019, when he was the star of a film. So that was really fun to see him in this. Also, it's been a while. I mean, we can't really think of another action-y movie like this that he's starred in, you know? I mean, he's been in a lot of violent movies, but this was a whole new level. This was like John Wick, meets, what was it, Dad? John Wick meets Murder on the Orient Express? No, I'm kidding. Well, it's meets... It's Inglorious Bastards. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But that's not like a John Wicky kind of movie. That had a lot more story. True, true. But yeah, tr- Tarantino-type violence, which this movie did have that kind of action, too. Yes, yeah, so it was definitely John Wick meets Kill Bill meets Usual Suspects. There was a lot of elements of a lot of action films, a lot of suspense films, but mostly action. It was nonstop action, in a way. Definitely. And while this was definitely not the most creative film by any means, it did have a style to it, which was fun to see. It was a bit derivative of, at times, of course, of like Tarantino and directors like that. But I mean, the director of this film, David Leach, he was responsible for producing John Wick, the whole franchise. He directed Atomic Blonde, and he directed Deadpool 2, which we'll get back to why that's important in a few minutes. But this guy clearly has a knack for action, and this movie is extremely well-directed, in my opinion, and there's a lot more to it than just the direction. So let's get into the cast, which is sprawling, because besides Mr. Pitt, this movie stars Joey King, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sonata, Michael Shannon, Bad Bunny randomly, Logan Lerman is in it for a few minutes, and then there are three cameos which we'll talk about later that we don't want to spoil because it's insane. None of us knew about these cameos, right? Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't hear more about the cameos ahead of time. I think that was really cool to still be able to make a movie like this and not know. I haven't been surprised like that in a while, and the cameos were... Kind of silly, but they were fun too. And we'll give a couple of them away probably in this podcast, so beware. But the very final one we won't give away. I mean, we can't at the very, very end and be like, spoilers! Okay. Because I have a fun fact about it. But do we want to get into the plot? Because it is a massive plot. There are many stories connected with one another, but most of this movie takes place on a train in Japan. Brad Pitt plays a apparently unlucky assassin, or he's more of a snatch and grab guy. He's That's not what even, he says, yeah, yeah, he's not really a killer, but he gets this assignment to be on this train, and he is supposed to find this suitcase, and it all starts from there. Yeah, he's and, obviously an agent of some sort of some agency. That's what they always call the CIA, but it's not the CIA. And he's uh, he knows he has bad luck, or that's what he attributes all his. He's not down on his luck, but he has bad luck. Exactly, and so you don't think he's part of like he's not working for a criminal enterprise. I don't think so. No, I think he is. Oh. Yeah, I don't think he's like a. I didn't think he was good. Really. Uh-uh. Oh, this is an interesting. Well, no, I didn't think he was CIA, but it's just some agency. You're not sure why they're. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They're trying to get the briefcase. 
And yeah, he's not an assassin, but every job he does, he says, results in someone's death, even though he's never supposed to kill someone and it's never really his fault. And I think that's what gives his character. I mean, besides him being Brad Pitt, he can't really be unlikable, let's be honest. But besides that, like the character himself, he doesn't want to kill anyone. He just gets in these awful situations and he is nicknamed Ladybug by his handler. And it's kind of a joke because Ladybugs are supposed to be lucky and he is the most unlucky person on earth. So he gets onto this train and he's like, what is the catch? He's talking to this woman on the phone and her voice is extremely recognizable. And she actually makes a cameo at the very end of the movie. But mom and I immediately were like, oh yeah, that's blank. We'll say it who it is later. But you'll probably know if you watch any movies. But he's talking to this handler and she says, it's an easy snatch and grab. Just get the briefcase, get off the train on the next stop, you're good. So it's pretty easy at first. But then we find out there are a lot more people on this train who really want that briefcase besides Mr. Pitt, and they are much more violent and terrifying, right? Yes, and as the story unfolds, it becomes pretty obvious that there's a connection between all these bad guys. They're basically working for different interests, but they're all kind of after each other in a circular pattern or whatever. And I guess that's, the movie's been compared to Tarantino a lot, and I think in some ways that's probably the most obvious where there are these connections that you'd never in a million years guess or make any sense and yet eh, it's a movie you can just kind of suspend your belief for a little bit and understand what's going on fairly well yeah and you have to give the credit to the screenplay because there were some scenes where you're thinking oh come on why did that happen and they actually address it which a lot of these things you really don't you start to accept that everyone is killing everyone and wait a minute they didn't kill them they're not dead and and what's going on and you yeah you suspend your disbelief but they did try to hold it together and i think it it did work i agree because in some of these movies like (laughs) cough cough marvel movies you know someone dies but there's no it doesn't feel like it's going to last because they can easily resurrect themselves somehow. So then you're not emotionally connected to the characters dying. But in this, every time they, you think they die and they don't, it doesn't really make sense why they didn't die, but they're just lucky each time. But again, the screenplay addresses why they didn't die. You yeah, know? it keeps you guessing for sure. But that's probably why I like a movie like this better than the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. because these are real people. Again, it's silly (laughs) and it's ridiculous and it's meant to be ridiculous, but you... They have to have an explanation for why these people survived, even though they're like really stupid explanations sometimes. They have to explain. Whereas in a Marvel movie, well, they're superheroes, so of course bullets bounce off them and that just can't that takes some of the suspense away for me agree and besides ladybug probably being my favorite character would y'all agree on that i mean he was our main character oh, yeah yeah he was the most li- and in a way he was a real cliche character mm-hmm. that sort of bad guy who's not really bad and all these people die around him but he really didn't mean to kill anybody and again that's been done over and over again in movies but you he pulls it off because that's why he's a star yeah and even on that one it's a sense that uh he's led a bad life and he's going to therapy yes i mean that's tony soprano all the way you know that kind of thing and but as he pulled it off too it's like it it made sense you could tell he was sincere about wanting to turn over a new leaf yeah and he's explaining he's like giving all these metaphors throughout the movie that no one understands because he has all this like inner zen and then immediately has to knock someone out or kill them or something which is really funny. But besides 
Ladybug being our favorite character. I think Lemon and Tangerine were the other two most likable characters. Oh yeah, definitely. They are a pair of, again, I don't know if, I think they're more assassins because they've done some really violent stuff, but they're brothers, which we find out. And in a really emotional scene, actually, I think that's probably the most emotional scene of the movie. Um, yeah, there's something about their brotherness. You don't actually think they're brothers. You think it's kind of a joke the whole time, but then you find out, oh, well, maybe they are. And they are pretty funny. I mean, the whole, for um, Lemon, his whole philosophy on life is based on Thomas the, what is it, Thomas the Tank Engine? The Tank Engine, not the train. Yes, (laughs) Thomas the Tank Engine, and he, he kind of judges everybody's character based on characters from that, that it's children's ridiculous. series it's pretty ridiculous but in the end it serves him well and it's actually super ironic and i'm sure they did this on purpose but they're on a train the whole time and he's talking about thomas the tank like that's so clever but a funny fact on that is one of there are so many characters in this i you guys got to watch this movie before you listen to this podcast or you're going to be so confused but one of the characters the evil man's son who was um a hostage at one point Lemon, who is played by Brian Tyree Henry, who is actually an American actor. Isn't that so interesting? Oh, yeah. There are all sorts of Americans playing Brits in this. Some great accents, And then we had an American playing Russian, and then a British guy playing Japanese. It was just, it was a lot. But, yeah, good accents. And Lemon says to the kidnapped son, who they've rescued, you know, you're a lot like a Percy. And Logan Lerman is the actor who plays the son, and he was Percy Jackson, in, and I have no idea if that has any, any, any connection at all. Oh, but it might be an inside joke, yeah. It could be. And I saw a few people say some stuff about that, so I wasn't the only one who noticed that. But yeah, that's a fun little random thing. But Aaron Taylor Johnson is Tangerine, and honestly, he's probably in the movie a little bit more at the beginning, and he's a lot more antagonistic towards Brad Pitt, I would say. And I mean, Brad, he just, he tries to talk it out so many times and it just does not ever work. You know, his situation with Bad Bunny, who I did not realize that was Bad Bunny. I don't know why he's in this movie, but that whole situation was just a disaster. And that, he actually got lucky with how Bad Bunny met his end, correct? Yes. And yeah, I don't even know where else we go from here. It was just so chaotic. It's really like all these people coming together who had reasons based on all these past wrongs and they're all joined together on a train and they're trying either to avenge a past wrong or escape someone who is after them because of something they did in the past and it's just it's a it's chaos yeah it really was like john wick on a train because if you know you're familiar with the john wick movies there's a hotel where only assassins can stay there i would not stay there Yeah, try booking that on airbnb uh, anyway, but in this case, just about everybody on that train is a killer or something yeah. is up to, is up to no good. And so it was kind of interesting that they did that. And it was kind of, it was very clever how, because it's a bullet train, it doesn't make that many stops. When it does, it only stops for one minute. So almost in real time, you know, it's going to stop. Something's going to happen. And then somehow something keeps he tries to get off so many different times because he's not his heart's not into this job whatever once it becomes so super dangerous and and he doesn't know why he's there brad pitt being the he he's what three or four times he tries to get off but something keeps pulling him back and it might be fate it might be you know bad luck bad luck and or it might be just that's just how it needed to be for him and so i thought that was kind of clever the way they they handled that and it's so funny because the briefcase 
I mean, it's exactly what you expect. It has $10 million in it. And yeah, that's a lot of money, but for the effort these people went to for it, and none of them actually really seem to care about the money except for Brad Pitt's employer, I feel like. Because, you know, Lemon and Tangerine are delivering that briefcase in the sun because they don't want to get killed. And it's just a job. It's not gonna, they're not gonna get the money. And then Joey King's character, who, she's evil. We haven't even talked about yeah, her. Oh yeah, she's probably the worst to the bunch. No, I was gonna say, shall we talk about the girl? Yeah, young we woman. can. But yes. yeah, she just wants to destroy the case. She doesn't want to keep the money. Um, Bad Bunny's character, the wolf, he doesn't even know about the briefcase or the money. He just wants revenge for a totally different reason. And then what's the woman, the poisoner? The hornet. The hornet. Yeah, the hornet. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on with her. Well, I, again, I think a lot of them, as it turns out, were invited onto that train That's or kind of was. lured onto the train. The only person really who is not there because of the White Death, because the White Death is the person who's arranged all this. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Brad Pitt's, Pitt addresses him as Mister Death, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, the one person who's on there who has nothing to do, we think, with White Death is this Japanese father whose son has been pushed off the roof and is being forced to be on this plane to do this assassination. And so you're kind of invested in him and wanting him to survive, so maybe his kid who's in this, ho- in this hospital bed, maybe he'll survive. But as it turns out, that evil woman, Joey, who's played by Joey King, she is the one who put the kid in the hospital bed. Yes, and that Japanese father, Kumara, is actually the first character we see in the movie. And yeah, he's mourning that his son has been pushed off a roof, which I would be too. And his papa, so the little boy's grandfather, is also there. And he seems he seems pretty tough, honestly. You know, he doesn't look tough, but you just know he is that inner... So there's just something there. And turns out, Grandpa ends up on the train too. So Grandpa and the boy's father are both on this train... And yeah, that's the only one that the White Death didn't plan, you know? Yeah, and the grandfather is played by Hiroyuki Sanada. And you may not recognize the name, but as soon as you see this guy, you've seen him before. And he was in uh, a lot of films like Ring, uh, Rush Hour 3, Mortal Kombat. Not really our genre of films, but he was also, I think, in John Wick, one of the John Wick movies as well. And he's a martial artist. He's a familiar face. Yeah, a familiar face. And really, he brought a lot of... uh, there's that fancy word, gravitas, right? He brought a lot of weight to the role. And I think what you're trying to describe, Liv, is this kind of the zen. He believes in fate. He believes he will have another chance to avenge what happened to his family. And that's the other good thing about the, the movie is that they tell you the backstories. Like you're about to say, wait, I, how did that? Oh, okay. They're going to explain what happened. Even to the extent of the water bottle. The water bottle plays a big, big role. Funny. Yeah, that, I, lo- I like that scene where it was like, oh, about the water bottle. And it's almost like the water bottle is a character just like Ladybug, just like the Hornet, just like Bad Bunny. Although, what was that? <laughs> that the wolf. The wolf, yeah. <laughs> he could have been Bad Bunny in the, in the movie, too. Would have been. Yeah, they had some crazy nicknames. Because you don't really learn anyone's real name except for Kimaro because he's the only sort of regular guy. But he's not a regular guy either because he's employed by the White Death. And basically everything revolves and goes back to the White Death, who is played by Michael Shannon randomly. Yes. He plays this, like long-haired Russian guy, even though he's as American as all get out. I know, another recognizable face, Mm -hmm. but for those of you who saw Shape of Water, we actually didn't, but I think (laughs) he was nominated for uh, an Oscar on that, and he was in Revolutionary Road, and you know, one one thing we saw him in was Knives Out. Yes. He was the, uh, one of the sons in that, remember? 
trying to get the money. I can't remember the plot of that, but it was... Yeah, I mean, he's a recognizable character and just a leading man nowadays. But he is evil, and he is the cause for so many of those people on the train's heartache and team. He knows it, and he just wants his son and that briefcase back. Turns out later, he doesn't really want his son, and he does want the briefcase, though. But we see how that turns out. (laughs) And what do we think about all the twists and turns um, in the movie? I mean, I enjoyed it. I have to say, it's the sort of movie where you go in, I I think because I went in knowing it was going to be, maybe because of the very name, Bullet Train, it kind of gives you a clue it's going to be a fast-moving movie. And so you know that it's going to be constant action. And that that can be fun if you're in the mood. It kind of kind of spins your brain around sometimes, but there's a lot of humor mixed in with the violence. It's very violent, um, very violent graphic. But again, everybody who's having harm done to them is kind of a bad guy or is a bad guy. So even though you like some of these people, you realize they're bad guys and anything that happens to them, they probably deserve. So you, it's not like, upsetting at all and yet you find yourself kind of laughing at times when you look back and think oh should I have been laughing about that Mm -hmm. but um it's it's that kind of movie I mean there I think there have been a lot of movies like that recently where you wonder well is why you know do movies really need to be this violent is it good for society or whatever for us to laugh at violence da 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 I mean you can certainly raise some big questions about any kind of film like this, whether it's this movie or John Wick or the Fast and Furious franchises or um, really just I could go on and on naming movies that are similar to this, any of the Tarantino movies. But when it comes right down to it, if you don't want to take it that seriously, then um, you can tell yourself, well, it's really just bad guys getting bad things done to them and everybody kind of has a certain code that they live by, and there's some laughs and enjoyment along the way. So it's it's just for fun. Well said. And at some level too, you know, the uh, it's so funny. We talk about cartoon violence. Cartoon violence. These people are stabbing each other with samurai swords and throwing Slashing bottles at people's neck. heads. And but for that same reason, any one of those things would knock somebody out. And you're already, you know, somehow you're you're okay. This is just a movie, and it's very well choreographed. The fight scene and all that, and it looks real. I mean, that's the thing. It looks so real that they're having all these fights where they're shooting and they're stabbing and they're, you know, throwing stuff at each other, whatever. And then there's a snake, which we won't get into, oh but there's, a, there's a, a venomous snake that's loose on this train. So it's like, how much stuff can we put on this train that puts everybody's lives in danger at every single minute? Uh, well, my, my only point is that I think you, you reach a certain level of fame, not you personally, not us, right? Not yet. But um, like Brad Pitt, he's Brad Pitt. Every movie he's ever been in for the past 20 years, just like Tom Cruise. He's always Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's Maverick, but he's Tom Cruise. So it's a really a testament to his talent that he was able to pull this off because he's still Brad Pitt. And, and it's because he, it's almost, he's a character within a character. Does that make any sense? Like, in other words, he is like almost winking at the audience. Yeah, I know I'm supposed yeah. to be whoever I'm supposed to be. Right. And I don't resent, for some reason, there's certain actors I resent. He's not one of them. I like him a lot. And I think he's really good. He's very likable. But he's had, had that extra burden of 
playing the character Ladybug, and also he's playing Brad Pitt, you know, and and, and putting the two together. I you think know? he's always been good at making fun of himself, mm-hmm. not right. taking, and he doesn't take himself that seriously. So I guess that adds to the whole idea that you shouldn't take the movie very seriously. You know, and again, I mean, there's plenty of time in future years to look back on this era of films and wonder or not wonder whether or not it's really been good for everybody to see this much sort of whether it's cartoon violence or real violence on um, on film. But when it comes right down to it, it is what is sold as enjoyment nowadays, and you do kind of take it all with a grain of salt and. Just kind of laugh along with the with the bad guys. Well, think of the, his last starring role was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which, for which he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. It's the same character as Ladybug, isn't it? Kind of a few years down the line, because he was a tough guy and just you know, kind of he'd been That's doing it. A, yeah. He'd been doing it a while, so and he's kind of so sensitive. he's playing himself and he's playing Ladybug, but he's also playing that character. You know, and I mean. Actually, his last starring role may have been Ad Astra. Both came out in 2019. I can't remember which was after the other. But yeah, it's about the same timing. And I know what you mean. But there is a part where Brian Tyree Henry tells Brad Pitt, you look like every homeless white guy I've ever seen. And I mean, that's just not true. <laughs> that's not realistic. Not at all. But stuff like that he in the movie. He was a little scruffy looking. I like that he was wearing glasses in some of the fight scenes, right? He's got like this real bookish, you know, stupid little hat on. And the little wearing... bucket hat. But I, yeah, you, he can make fun of himself. And this whole movie is kind of a wink at the crowd. At the same time, it's also super entertaining. Let's get into spoilers, a.k.a. let's just talk about the cameos really fast because there are three Three huge names. You'll recognize all of them. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, please, please turn it off. Yeah, whatever you do, do not listen to the next (laughs) minute of this podcast. I want y'all to be surprised because I actually was and I'm never surprised in movies. So first cameo, it's the woman on the, you know, she's talking on the phone. She's the handler. Very recognizable voice. Who is it, Mama? It's Sandra Bullock. Dad thought it was Julia Roberts at points. No, it's Sandra Bullock, and she comes out at the very end of the movie, and she has a yeah, she's a great voice. They have good chemistry on the phone. She's yeah, it's pretty good there. And then we got another tiny cameo, which is by Mr. Channing Tatum, which is funny and shocking. He puts his newspaper down, wasn't he? No, he was reading a book and he didn't oh, see book. his face, and he puts it down, and yeah, it's him. That was that was a shock. That was funny, and he has some kind of funny lines in it too. Yeah, he's crazy. And then we got the smallest cameo, Dad. I'll let you do the honors. Uh, my favorite, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Papa, you got to air your grievances at some point on why you hate him. He's the best. I don't hate him. I, I just think, yeah, I can't quite explain it. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something that just rubs me the wrong way that everything's so clever and the movies that he makes and it's and it's it's funny, but now that you pointed out, yeah, it's no different than Brad Pitt. If, if I'm saying he's winking at the audience, oh, and I like him and that's kind of funny. It's quirky that he's playing himself. He's playing other people. But when this other guy does it, there's just something. Oh, just, he just gets under your skin. Yeah, somehow. I, I can't yeah. explain it because you it's know, unfortunate because he's the best. No, but there has to be more. <laughs> you have to. Maybe it's something that you have to be more than likable. I mean, that sounds crazy, right? Well, but he can be pretty funny because I think um, Liv and I both really enjoyed like years ago the, the proposal. proposal. I think that kind of made uh, us yeah, a little I like bit. That one. We I, were kind I, of inclined to like him after that. So speaking of Sandra Bullock, he was yeah, in true. It's all well. I did like that one. So maybe I'm coming around to him. Maybe have a, let's put it. Let's leave it at that. All right. Sorry, Mr. Reynolds, I've defamed you. What no. did I say the other day? Right when he's on those commercials, 
if he heard me on Twitter saying bad things about him, he'd probably want to ask me like, hey, why, why are you mad at me? Yeah, because he's a nice guy. <laughs> That's why. And what's funny is that Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he is in probably six seconds of this movie. I know. He's in, so even, even if you're like dad, your dad, and you don't like Ryan Reynolds, don't keep that away. <laughs> keep you away from the theater and seeing this movie. No Because believe me, he is a very tiny part of this film. So don't let this keep you away, even if you are not a fan of Ryan Reynolds, which I know is the tiny population because everyone likes Ryan Reynolds except for Oscar on this podcast. Anywho, a crazy coincidence, not really a coincidence. I'm sure this is what happened. Basically, Brad Pitt is in this movie called The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. came out earlier this year. We still haven't seen it, which I really want to see it. I think it'll be fun. But Brad Pitt makes a cameo in that. And those two, I think, are friends of Brad Pitt. I know Sandra Bullock's a good friend of his, and I'm sure Channing became one from, you know, making this, that Lost City movie. So I bet they were like, hey, let's return the favor and make cameos in your movie, right? Okay, yes. that makes sense. Then Ryan Reynolds, this is more of a deeper fact that maybe not everyone knows. You'll probably know if you're obsessed with Brad Pitt like me. Basically, there are so few actors now that are not in MCU or DC movies. And when you make a list, you know, Brad Pitt's one of the first names to come to mind. But I always say, no, actually, he was in Deadpool 2 because he was the invisible man, <laughs> which is so clever. There, I haven't seen the Deadpool movies, but there is this invisible, you know, um, superhero and he gets electrocuted at one point. And that's right. You can only see Brad Pitt's face for like three seconds getting electrocuted. That is clever. So clever. But he, yeah, he has no lines, no nothing, but he gets electrocuted. And he told Ryan Reynolds, yeah, I'll do that for you for a cup of coffee. So I bet Ryan Reynolds exchanged the favor. He's like, hey, dude, I can help you out. So I just think that's fun and cute. And I think it's just kind of like the olden day, not the old olden days, but just like 10, 15 years ago when there were more cameos and people didn't know every single thing about a movie before it came out. Here, here. <laughs> We've gone on too long, so let's get to ratings, even though there's so much more to discuss about Joey King's evil character. I will not be here for Halloween, by the way, Dad. Oh, I uh -huh. think her character would be great as a Halloween costume. Oh, she's oh, too yeah. evil. She was good. Yeah. Too evil. And we didn't really talk about her. She was the only strong, I mean... She was the only, like... Fully bad character, yeah. yeah. She was evil. Everybody else, well, she had her reasons. And, and maybe, and I guess Mr. Death or the White Death, he was he was pretty darn bad. Yeah, I think he goes by Mr. Death. His first name is White. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Death, yes. So it's sort of like maybe those two are the only complete villains. Everybody else has a softer side. Mm -hmm. Ratings. How many? Oh man, this is hard. What should we do? Diesels. Diesels. That you'll understand if you see the movie. How many diesels would we give Bullet Train? I'd give it probably a 3.75. Okay. Um, it's not the kind of movie maybe that really deserves um, a 4 or a 5, but it did what it set out to do very well, and I really enjoyed it, and, and I can imagine watching it again in the next couple of years. For sure. I give it a three. For it's funny for the same reasons, except for I don't, I don't see seeing it again because I felt like I've seen it before. There's mm. it's so there's so many elements of so many movies, and again, it's I, I praised the script earlier, and I still think it's fine because it's that's how difficult it is to write something new and fresh. And I tell you, they kill some people in some interesting ways that even John Wick hadn't thought of. You know, with the train, and it was 
Yes. Half of the person and ugh. Yes. <laughs> but it's really, it's still done in a cartoony style and it's really fast paced. A lot of adrenaline running through it and the music's really good. We didn't even really talk about that where the, it fits. I like the Staying Alive in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, We Need a Hero or I Need a, uh, what's it? Uh, I, I Need a Hero. I need that Tina Turner song in Japanese too, and, and the direction is real good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, can it's, follow the action. Imagine really well. putting all that stuff together and and having it in a coherent fashion, a controlled chaos kind of thing. So, but I'll still give it a three because I felt like I'd seen it before. Yeah, I think I'll give it the highest rating. I'll give it a four just because I really do like movies like this, even though you wouldn't expect me to. Also, I think it helps that Brad Pitt is the star of it. You know, if it was someone else, I probably wouldn't love it as much, but I just thought it was so fun and creative. And yeah, of course, it did take so many elements from so many different movies, but I still thought it was a really good time. And I was just glad to see something different than a superhero movie being at the top of the box office right now, which is really cool. Something that we forgot to mention really fast Okay, two things about Aaron Taylor Johnson. One, he is ridiculously good looking. I don't know where this guy came from. I know, he is. I know, he gives Brad Pitt a run for his money. I know. He Which one, the guy? He should have shaved his mustache, though, but that's okay. Oh, he was the other guy, the other... Tangerine, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But, okay, at one point, he gets off the train, which is actually a really funny moment. He gets back on the bullet train. You know how? He smashes his head through a window like five times and gets... That would not happen. Oh, yes. As I, I said in the, in the film, it's tempered glass. It doesn't break that way. Yeah, no. And yes. <laughs> Fortunately, Dad was there with us yeah, to point I, that I out, was able but that to would never really oh, happen. Oh, this is just a movie, of course. It's not mas- the documentary I thought it was. Because he is a you master's... You weren't mansplaining. Own. You were really telling us something exactly. useful. Yeah, because he has a master's in defenestration, correct? Ah, uh, very well. Very well. Uh, the student has become the master. Yes. But on that note, follow us on Instagram at Strange Love of Media. Visit our website, strangelovemovies.com, where we will have a blog post about this. And let us know what y'all thought about Bullet Train through DMs or through our website, strangelovemovies.com, again, because we really want to hear. It's been pretty divisive among critics, but everyone I know has really enjoyed it. So maybe it's more of an audience pleaser than a critical, critical one, but who knows? And similar to Ladybug's character who reached a breakthrough throughout the film and reaching his inner self, maybe I've reached a breakthrough on Ryan, on Ryan Reynolds. I've been, I've been giving him too hard a time. So thank you, Strange Love. Either that or this is the amount of Ryan Reynolds you can take and not be frustrated mm. by. 18 seconds of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> also, this movie, literally Ryan Reynolds is barely in it. I don't know why we're giving him so much airtime. Anyway, bye guys. Have a good rest of y'all's day. Bye.